0: What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church at Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson, in person with my boys. Okay, this is so good. Mark Francis coming to you first. Mark, how you doing? Mark? How are you? I'm awesome. You look so good, even from six feet away. Wow.
1: It is so good to see you, you again. You look good too. You look like you've been in the sun a little bit. I've
0: missed this room
1: Yeah, uh, so much. But It's the room. You've got the wooden backdrop. Yeah. You shiplap, you call it that, right? And we have brand new tables here that we all I do have like our own little space. We have our own little section, you know, and I brought alongside me here, we have little decorations, but this is a six foot pole. So you know, if you get too close to me, I've got the six foot pole. It's also like a heretical distance.
0: stick. So if anybody says something we don't like, just give them a. You know, yeah. what I mean, we should give it to Mark. Or the, uh, or
2: the wake up stick, you tap people. That's true. So Keep them awake. On, them yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: it's been a few weeks, more than a few weeks, but he's back. Senior Pastor Mark Carey, Marky Mark, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Yep. Good. Been does it, nice. Does this feel doing like good. a like a game show at all? That we're like spread out. We have our own little table. So so for our listeners, we're we're back in the booth. Um, so the HD video is going to go back up. You'll be able to see our lovely faces if, if you like to do so. Better sound um, also. It, it it feels like I should have like one of those buttons, you know, the moment you say something. I was thinking it was more like, not a game show, maybe like Bozo the Clown Show. (laughs) Clown Show. Yeah. Uh, circus. (laughs) Um, but good to be back guys. We'll, we'll jump into a Sunday in review here. But before I do that, just a reminder uh, to all of, all of you that have been, Partaking the podcast over the last few months has meant the world to us. Thank you for bearing with all the Zooms and all the different audio stuff we've had to go through. But we're back in action. We're good to get back into a routine. And, and just a reminder, you can be a part of this show. Um, we, we've talked about it behind closed doors all the time. We want the listeners, the, you know, the active members of our congregation to feel like they can reach out to us. So yep. fbcva.life slash sermon a great, great place to do that. Can submit a question or feedback of any kind. Uh, that way, we can hear a little bit from you, and you can contribute uh, to the show. And I think that's important. Mark and Absolutely. you and I have kind of talked about talked about that. For
1: we love people to be involved. You know, yeah. it's not just about listening one and done. It's not just coming into church and check it off the box and be like I did my thing. It's about actively engaging with others and being a part of community and have an open dialogue where we mm. spur each other on to love and good deeds. And mm. that's uh, that's just this is just one other venue, one other avenue for that content to reach and, and be embedded into our hearts and our wow. lives. So it's exciting. And when we're in person, it's even better. Uh,
0: Pastor Mark, have you been z- doing Zoom meetings still? Or has it gravitated
2: towards in person? Yeah, well, it's gravitated uh, yeah. to in per- elders meet now in person. And, okay, good. Um, yeah, so uh, pastoral meetings uh, in person. In fact, uh, we're going to all staff all are uh, all staff. It's, in person this month. it's gonna right? be in person yeah. uh, in August. So yeah, it's I think generally people are tired of of the Zoom and I realize it's a it's an it has been a, a wonderful tool. Sure. I wish I would have bought stock and Zoom, but I didn't. But, <laughs> uh, um, but you know it's been a great tool and we're still using it and can still be very useful in in these uncertain days. Yep. So
1: hmm. definitely shares an open exposure to how we can do ministry that we weren't using in the past. So now we're, we're exposed to it. We know what it can do for us. And, um, you know, even global missions guys and how we've been able to connect with people around the world on a weekly basis. Yeah. And and there's that face to face kind of connection that you can at least see them and, and interact, which is great. Well, it's the church, it's the church moving. And that's what we've been, you know, talking about on Sundays over
0: the past few weeks. So as we kind of jump into a Sunday in review here, Pastor Mark, I mean this was your your time back up after uh John and Don kind of went through some stuff. Um and and you took us to Ephesians and kind of Paul's prayer for the church. What was the the motivation behind that and and are we going to be talking about that again the, next week?
2: Yeah, well, I as we were wrapping up this uh this series, we've gone 9 weeks. Uh I did the first 3, John Morrison did 3 and and Ephesians 4, and then Don did 3. And as uh we were going to wrap this up this summer, um and, and again, it was out of a desire to 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 refocus a little bit on the concept of the church because we have been, um, it has just been kind of a weird time as we've been separated and, and all that. Sure. We wanted to uh, kind of refocus our thinking about what the church is called to be and do as the family of God and a in a fallen world. And so um, we walk through some things that really have at the center uh, of, of the concept is, is love, it's how we love one another and uh, so as I was thinking about how to wrap this up um, the prayers of the Apostle Paul in, in Ephesians came to my mind. If the Apostle Paul were here and he was going to pray for Fellowship Bible Church, what, what would he pray for? And we have two uh, wonderful examples or two wonderful uh, uh, prayers from Paul in Ephesians 1 that you know, we looked at last week and this coming uh, weekend we'll look at Ephesians 3, another prayer of the Apostle Paul. So I thought that was a fitting conclusion to uh, this series on the church. What would Paul pray for for us and uh, and that's what we looked at. Well yeah. and
0: that's huge because when I look at you know our, our pivot into that of okay let's talk about the church and its role you know the quarantine was just kicking up it was it was getting into this gear and I know at least in my mind it felt like it was going to be a summer of chaos. And then everybody's hoping that's going to be over by August, but it's it's kind of not. There's going to be a new normal, you know. Uh, there, there's no getting back to the way things were. There's just where we can go from here, and so to to have that, I think, is so important because it's not going to be a you know great job, guys. We got through it. It's and we're still going, ongoing.
2: Yeah, and, and we and we are still the Church of Jesus Christ, right? And nothing has changed in terms of the the calling of the Church in this world. And how we're to relate to one another, it maybe has been a little more challenging during mm-hmm. this time, but it doesn't take away from the fact that there are still directives in the Scripture mm-hmm. that God is calling us to do and to be as the body of Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah. and, and it, stir, I, it stirs the waters a little bit. You're not using the building like you once were. Uh, so how are you gonna, mm-hmm. you know, gather? What, what does it look like to gather? What does it look like to serve one
1: another without those programs in place? Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, this these are one of my more favorite passages because it's just such a great call to me personally to the church but it's a, it's a prayer that is straight from God himself of how he's called us to live and and what's really stuck with me is a phrase that you used just experiential knowledge mm-hmm. and and that idea that you can have the head knowledge i mean i love the analogy of the grand canyon where you can know all the facts, you can see the pictures, but until you see it in person, you experience it. And there's so many different layers and depths of what experiential knowledge can really look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, I mean, it can be just being gathered corporately, like we're talking about, where you experience kind of the, the worship environment, singing hearing everybody being around you. There's the experience of, you know, I've got a friend who's telling me that she, you know, she's had a couple dreams lately, you know, and there's the experience of what is God really speaking to you in that way. Um, we had a community group last night and I posed this question of, you know, how have you in your life experienced God? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it goes a gamut of ranges of how people have their own personal stories of how they experience God. One of them is even like a, a new mother. She's like, there is just something about seeing new life and (laughs) and recognizing, man, God is real. You know, some recognizing just the existence of God and seeing him to then how is he teaching you to grow in that knowledge of God? There's so many stories that that people can gather on and hold on to. And it's, it's neat to see the layers of how people can personalize and experience who God is in their own life.
2: And I think with the prayer in Ephesians, I think it's interesting and instructive and informative that when Paul began that prayer, he did um, focus in verse 15 of chapter one of Ephesians. Uh, He said, I've heard of, of, of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. There's a, it's almost like a prerequisite here. These, these people were already locked in in terms of an understanding of God it's at least at some level a knowledge of God enough to live a life of dependency mm-hmm. uh, marked enough so that Paul could call it out and and, a, and and a relationship with one another but it was like that's good but it's not complete mm-hmm. and so he goes into this prayer uh to to pray that um um, God, verse seventeen of uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation into the knowledge of Him. And I explained about that is not just a basic word to know in terms of facts, as you brought out, mm-hmm. but a, but a deeper experiential, more intimate, and 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 just so we're clear on this, it, it's just not experiential knowledge of God in a vacuum. Uh, this is an experience of God that is that is formed and fashioned out of truth. Hmm. So it, it's as if people engage in truth, He prays that He'll give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, not apart from the Word, not apart from the revelation He's always given us. I mean, I can have a, I can I can stick my finger in a light socket and get a real experience, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it might not be a biblical one. It might not be in importance. <laughs> right. And, and so I I think we still have to judge everything in light of. Mm-hmm. The word of God But as we go into the word of God As we walk dependently upon him And as we continue to express love for one another What Paul is saying is let God open our eyes To an experience of you An intimate knowledge of you uh, that transcends the factual into into really life change and life transformation.
1: Well, that's the rubber meets the road of of just taking it and and knowing something, but then actually getting out and and either doing it or actively. Living out the life of faith, yeah. and not just sitting still in a bubble, in isolation, yeah. and knowing, thinking, okay, I know who God is, but I'm just going to sit here. Well, yeah, you and, can and,
2: sit soaking and sour, and yeah. what does it do for you?
0: Yeah. Well, and, and to that point, you, we got to get people past, even ourselves, the barriers, the misconceptions. Experiencing God is not going to be a feelings-based, emotional, you know, super spiritual thing. I think if you were to go out and pull people, have you experienced God? They're going to either say they had some crazy thing happen to them or they'd be like, no. But that experiential knowledge, like you guys mentioned, and it's funny, right when you brought up the, the Grand Canyon analogy, I, I had a friend of mine that went to visit the Grand Canyon and it was foggy.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, traveled all that way. It's foggy. Kind of, kind of like a uh, Sunday morning when it, some <laughs> unnamed person is preaching. <laughs> but he didn't
0: leave thinking the Grand Canyon didn't exist. He was just disappointed that it was foggy. It was harder. It was harder to overcome and experience the Grand Canyon in that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's leaving thinking it must not have been there. What happened? Yeah. So so in that element, there's almost that. It, it reminded me of that because it's like, you know, continue to go to the feet of yeah. Jesus. Continue to strive for that.
2: Well, so here's a question. Yeah. Um, it, it, and, and it's it's this, and maybe it's in the minds of people who were listening and, and um so, 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 what is my responsibility? Um, what part do I play in in reach in getting to that point of the that experiential knowledge of God? I mean, do I? Is there a pill I take? You know, is there a you know a, um, you know, a mind altering drug I take to, mm-hmm. that I get into this experience of God? What uh, what wh- wh- what is my responsibility? Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that?
0: I mean that's a good question. I I know people in my own life that will will and they've said it before. Like I I am stuck here. I'm gonna sit here until the Holy Spirit slaps me mm-hmm. straight. And it, that's what yeah. the wrestle is. It's like no, you can't yeah. you can't sit around and do nothing. But you cannot put it on your shoulders that you're yeah. supposed to do anything. That's right. Of course, right that's when
2: they come and say, you know, Caleb, you have a very striking face. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you been struck? <laughs> but no, it's I a good think question. It, I think part of it is also a desire.
1: You know, so there's this phrase of knowing God, but then there's the other key phrase in the book, desiring God. That's right. And and unless you really have that true longing to to know God more, you're not gonna. There's not gonna be that revelation. It could be right in front of you, and you won't see it yeah. or experience it. And so I think there's an aspect of, you know, if you're married, you you want to love your husband or your wife, and you want to desire and learn to know more about them, but unless you really want to, then right. it, it's not going to be experienced. I mean, so I think it really starts with that kind of heart attitude of saying, okay, I know Jesus is my savior. I know I'm going to heaven, but now what? And I know and there's more. There's got to be more. And, and, so. and, right. Heart
0: attitude, awareness of my identity, called to take up my cross and follow him. And, and Mark said it well on, on Sunday. Paul is not reaching out to the church in Ephesus, trying to give them something they do not have. He's trying to make them aware of something they already have. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I, and, and by the way, that, the desire, I go back to Moses. Yeah, in, in yeah. Ver, show in me 30, 30, 12, uh, Lord, I pray you, mm. I beg you, uh, you know, show me your ways that I may know you. And, yeah.
0: and want to be used, uh, 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 to have that perspective of of the, the kingdom plan. I mean, I know there's that simple thing that we'll often, you know, talk with the youth about as far as the, the desire to spread the gospel yeah. to your friends. If you truly understand that that's what saved you, why wouldn't you want them to know that?
2: Have you though ever experienced times, uh, and, and I don't know necessarily if I have. I've I've talked with people, believers in Christ, who have, but where there is a, it's just it could be weeks, it might be maybe a few days, or for some I I know one person it was it was many months mm. that they just felt like they were in a dark hole. Mm. The desire was there, mm. their pursuit of God was there. It was like God was and we see it in the psalms yeah. david sure, says david, it yeah has that ever been in your experience or for for me it's just you know getting the
1: monotony of life you know i, I personally haven't really been in dark places but it's just the the monotony and just the boringness of just life and you, you just kind of like are just going through life one day at a time and you're not growing and you're stagnant mm-hmm. and so that's probably my dark space is is not really Saying, okay, I need to get back into God's word. Where is He showing me that I need to learn and grow? You know, and and that's all, that's the prayer that we never want to pray. Like, show me my flaws, God. Show me right. my sins, because He will reveal that to you. And so, being stagnant, not growing yeah. or not declining, is is.
2: What, what, what there's that there was that old uh, bumper sticker back when I was growing up as a Christian that said, uh, "If you uh, if you feel distant from God, guess who moved?" Yeah. yeah. And yet again I, I'm, I know that there are believers who are pursuing wholeheartedly and and that might be true for some people listening uh, that I, I, w- what what am I missing it's, and they're crying out to the Lord
0: and it's as if he's withholding for some reason
2: for, for, a, for a time of pause or whatever it is and I, I think going back to something you just said Caleb about the Holy Spirit that kind of yeah. I, I do think there's something about the sovereign hand of God in our life, as we maintain our desires, we maintain our pursuit hmm. of him, mm-hmm. God reveals himself. You know, the prayer by the psalmist and and, and us uh, is, Lord, show me your ways. Moses, show me your glory. Teach me your ways. Or the prayer uh, oftentimes in the Psalms, incline your heart towards me. Hmm. It's a prayer, God, I don't know what else to do. And so I'm resting in your sovereign grace to show yourself. That's what it is.
1: just a rest. A, a it is call arresting. to trust, a call to dependence yeah. in those places yeah. where you're thinking, okay, where is God? Yeah. Because ultimately, God will show up, and yeah. He is there. And, and you know, you can, somebody made the analogy last night in our community group that you can keep going back and back to the Grand Canyon and experience it. And after the second or third visit, eh, it gets a little old. But God will never get old. Yeah. You know, there's a the difference of what our feeble minds can comprehend and see and experience and think this is amazing and great god is so much greater and and if you keep going back to that well of god and his word there will be that that moment where yeah. you're growing in your knowledge of yeah. him when well,
0: he he promises presence not necessarily productivity that he's going to flesh things out for you and so like I don't have a soapbox where I can talk about a, a long period of darkness that I've experienced. But I've I've been through bouts or spouts of, you know, frustrations or depressions or whatever you might want to call them. And I was actually kind of halfway through college I started to to be more inclined to study kind of the old testament or get beyond the gospels. Um and realize there were people that went there are examples I can look at. And so th- when, when there are, are, are days where you might not identify with, with Jesus or, or as his beloved son that he has saved, it's okay to have days where you identify with David or, or Paul yeah. or, you know, Job. Yeah. A- and that is okay because you can go to the, that scripture and it will show, I promise all 66 books, I'm telling you, are showing the glory of God. Yeah. So, so. That is that's been
2: helpful. So, you're, as you were saying, Mark, you rest in Him, mm-hmm. and and remember, this is a prayer. This is not a, a, right. a how to manual. Yeah, right. It's a prayer that that's Paul is point. praying for the church, and and it's something that they can't manufacture. It is it is it 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 is a prayer um, to the Lord.
1: We'll constantly be falling short, losing sight of it forgetting, and we need that kind of reminder yeah. to come back to it, to
2: ask God, open my eyes, you know, show me who you are. And and this, you find this in other epistles, like Philippians chapter yep. 1, Sure. and this I pray that your, your love will abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. He's pr- he prays that. Or in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 9, for this reason also since the day I've heard of it, we've heard of it, we've not ceased to pray for you. And what was the content of his prayer? Um, that you may be filled with a knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy. Yep. So, it, there it is again. It's this encountering with God and understanding more deeply who He is. Um, and again, not just facts from a from a uh, seminary class or Bible college class or mm-hmm. a textbook, but that that real life encounter that gives us aha moments of God. And I think that's that's Mm. crucial. I think that's what makes that passage so special to me, because it does come up
1: in the opening spots of other epistles that Paul's writing, that exact same prayer. And so it just goes to show that that is the heart of God, that that's his desire for us, and that is the prayer for us to to grow in that knowledge of yeah. who he is and, and it's it's relational to the point of
0: of proximity with God I mean if I look at my own life and I remember like my, my now fiance when I first took her on a date my dad said uh, he said remember there's gonna be three people on that date hmm. you her and God and when I was on this little coffee date I I remember picturing <laughs> like God yeah. there yeah. Or, or the Holy Spirit's presence and and having an understanding of That If that is the level playing field that this ought to go down on, Mm -hmm. I need to go ahead and start to think like that. And it does break down those barriers of
2: experiential knowledge. It's going to demystify this God. I was talking earlier this morning with John Avery. He's a pastor, a family minister here. And John has been um, kind of swimming in, in Psalm 27 recently and just meditating on it. He was sharing with me. Uh, A Psalm of David, and you see this all over the the, the Psalms, but it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? And and it goes on and says in verse 4, One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek. And there's that desire again. And what is that? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, meaning in his presence. Because again, in the Old Testament, there is that in that temple, in the house of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. One thing I have desired, one thing I have asked, that I can just rest, I can be in your presence, and I can delight in your beauty. Hmm. It becomes uh, becomes life-changing. He goes on in verse 7, says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my uh, voice, be gracious to me and answer me. Because when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. There was this hunger and this uh, desire. And you see that all through the Psalms. I just jotted down another one. If you go back to Psalm 25, uh, very similar. Um, Psalm 25, verse 1, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, O God, in you I trust. But verse 4 says, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day. It, there was one singular focus hmm. it was you. It was all about God. It was all. So, no matter what the life experience, hmm. no matter what the pain, no matter what the trouble or the good times, it's all right, I'm having a ball. This is great. The great things have happened to me. Help me see you in this. Or, you know, in the gloom of, Lord, there's one thing I want. I want to seek you.
0: Mm-hmm. Even in the gloom. I mean, we, we just did a study with uh, Keystone, the young adult ministry here at FBC, and, and we went through Psalm 88. And it's one of two Psalms that does not end on a happy ending. It doesn't go from struggle mm. to worship and reminder. It actually ends on a horrible, awful, mm. dreary note. Here's what it says. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me, my companions, my closest companions have become darkness. Mm. That word for darkness uh, comes up again at the night of the crucifixion when Jesus took on darkness. And so to, to get to that point where you remember that, okay, even this psalmist is dealing with something, but Jesus dealt with it, its ultimate effect. Um, we, we, experience, we may experience temporary darkness, but God took on the absolute darkness and despair. The other psalm talks about how, God, why have you turned your head away from me? That's how it ends. It ends with, God, why aren't you looking at me? And then it just goes on to a new Psalm while well, we look at the night of the crucifixion and God turns his head away from Jesus to see the ultimate impact of that darkness happen there so that by believing in his name, it doesn't have to happen to yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. That which is huge. It drives us back to the cross. And it drags us back to the cross and nobody, and if you do, I'd love to sit down over coffee with you, ends a study with Psalm 88, closes their Bible and says, awesome. Like, I, f- I feel better. <laughs> yeah. No, right? You want you yeah. get, to get
1: to the gospel. Uh, yeah. Which I think is huge, but it displays yeah. God's grace, right? Which is if we are displaying God's grace to the world out there in our darkness or in our troubled mm-hmm. times, the world would then say, "Well, how are is you different dealing with that? What is yeah. different about that?" Yeah, person? and and that's our call to then display God's glory yeah. as a church. Yeah, yeah. that, and that, and that to would proclaim Him, whether He re- verbalizing or not, but just how we're living our life right. and how we're acting. What you other people. are dealing with would break me.
0: So how are you not broken? And you get to say, well, I am. I'm broken to break. You know, it, you think
2: this is me? <laughs> right. uh, and, and before you know it, there's the revelation of God. Right. But. One other verse in that Psalm 25 that kind of summarizes, I think everything that we've kind of said here. It says in verse 14 of Psalm 25, the, uh, the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. So there's that sense of reverent, respect, pursuit, mm-hmm. awe. It's our orientation of life. But when that is there, it says the secret of the Lord. And I like what the English Standard Version, their translation of it is. It says the friendship. That, that word, it's an interesting. Uh, you check, check different translations. Uh, hmm. But uh, uh, New American Standard and even King, New King James is the secret of the Lord. But it's a word that literally had the connotation of, of gathering together in a circle for face-to-face communion. That were described. That so the secret, the gathering together in intimacy with the Lord, and so the English Standard Version translated the friendship of the Lord hmm. is for those who fear Him, and He'll make known His covenant to them. So, uh, heart orientation coming before Him. Yeah. Every, everything that the that's we've hope. Been discussing, that's
1: promise. That's God saying, "I will be revealing Yourself, right. myself, to you, even yeah. if you are in that dark space, and even if you think it's not happening right now." Yeah. There's that hope and there's that promise yeah.
2: that. He's
1: faithful, yeah. and he will.
2: Elijah come in the midst of our, all that. Yep. The cloud, I, but it was that still small voice. Right. Just be still, listen, listen, and you will hear. God will show up, and he'll reveal himself. Yep. And all of a sudden, that experience of God, uh, and that's I think where he wants us to go mm. um, in in this life. One of thing I wanted to mention is is what can help stimulate that, and I would like to encourage people to to read biographies. Of Christians, people Hmm. who've walked that. So a good biography, like on George Mueller, uh, or or, um, Jay Hudson Taylor, or Amy Carmichael, um, Lilius Trotter, uh, a missionary. I mean, she gave up everything and went to North Africa, Hmm. and experienced God for forty some years uh, that she was serving. So reading some good biographies, I think is is. Helpful and can stimulate this. And as again, well. we've
1: said it before: community groups where you're yes. able to encourage each other, where your story will hopefully encourage someone else, and somebody else's story can encourage you and and give you that added motivation. to Be like, yes, I. How can I grow in my faith? How can I grow my trust and dependence need, and knowledge of God? We need each other. Yeah, even People. this conversation is is encouraging to me. It's stimulating. Yeah, 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 and my testimony is not the only
0: testimony that can point me to Christ. It is, sometimes <laughs> it is hearing somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I, I have seen kids that are on their phone, checked out of a guest speaker until he says something that they've dealt with. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that testimony becomes personal. And then they're like, oh, wow, like, you know, there is something to that God thing behind that story. I mean, we, the elephant in the room is we have a ton in common. We're all sin experts. So if we're able to point people to Christ in that realm, I mean, it, it, that's the church body coming together. It's going to be messy. It's going to be frustrating. <laughs> you don't even know if you're going to be in a building or outside of a building sometimes, but you're still together, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the story is still unfolding, no matter how it feels like it might be ending. Yeah, it's great. So, it's good. Uh, Mark Francis, what can we point people towards before we get out of here?
1: I will just continue to tell people we are in the middle middle of our 40th anniversary mm-hmm. at Fellowship Bible Church, and uh, in just a few short weeks, Labor Day weekend, on September 6th, we are going to be gathering as a church- all church again, which we did several weeks ago. We were outside and in that kind of location. Ten o'clock. Put it on your calendars. But you know what? Come early. Come often because we're going to have some food trucks available. Um, is Lord that willing, true? is that for sure? Absolutely, Lord willing, we're going to have donuts. So get there early and have some celebration That's that way. so exciting. Afterwards, have some food after that. With uh, I won't reveal what it all is, but. <laughs> You know, there'll be some fun treats. And but the idea is that we wanna celebrate the faithfulness of God of what he's done here at FBC over the course of the last forty years. But then look and say, what can we anticipate in the future? So put that on your calendars because that's gonna be a fun time you won't wanna miss. And pray for nice weather. Yeah. And
2: um Yep. Yeah. Please, be, be put on our time. sunscreen
1: if we need that and uh bring your chairs, bring your blankets. Bring your where, friends. Well, where is it happening outside? Outside where we the were normal spot. Normal the, the spot. H- yes. Hillside. Yes, because okay. we now yeah. are meeting in a different location for Saturday nights, which is in the shade, down the lower level area. That's right. But when we have everybody, all venues, all church together, sweet. One spot,
2: you know. So that's Labor Day. Labor Day oh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And we won't have uh, uh, the Saturday evening service. Correct. But one service. Oh, okay. One One service. One service, uh, that Labor Day weekend, Sunday. And uh, Hmm. yeah, some fun things planned. Be ready. Awesome. Well, thank you both for being here. It's
0: so good to be back in the booth, guys. I love it. Uh, Thank you so much to our listeners. Just as a reminder, you can take us with you on the go. So if you have yet to subscribe or find us on our webpage, please do so. spotlight's a good spot to do that. Uh, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.